The Bird Show. Look, there are some calls that Santa has to make for Santa scared straight that are more serious than others. Some cases are just tougher than others. They're priority cases. They're priority cases, right? So we have this line to Santa. And if your kid is not on that nice list, we'll call Santa and go, Santa, we got a job for you. And in this case, when we called him about Aston, even Santa was like, I, I, I don't know if I want to deal with this. So Aston is four years old, right? And Aston doesn't think that his elves tell Santa when he's bad. And he purposely is bad in front of them just to see if they're going to make that move. You'll go ahead. You tell Santa, right? <laughs> this kid's four years old. Cusses all the time. Uses the F word. Oh. He's four years old. Uh, he attacks his older brothers, Benton and Carson, choking them and punching them in the face. Wow. Maybe he has a future in the WWE. That's true. <laughs> he flipped off his mom. Okay. okay. That's a different kind of future. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what my, my mom would have given me for Christmas was a broken finger. Yes, sir. So we called up Santa and we're like, Santa, you got to call Aston. This is like a severe case right now. Can you do it for us? So Santa called Aston. And remember, Aston's like, oh, the L's aren't going to tell Santa anyway. So he must have been pretty shocked when he got this call from Santa. Santa's scared straight. Hello. Oh, 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 it's Santa calling for Aston. Okay, here he is. Hey. Hey, guess who? It's Santa. Hey. I see you thinking that your elves aren't telling me when you're bad. Uh-huh. And do you play poker? No. Because Santa's about to call your bluff. <laughs> because Reese's the elf and Bulldog the elf have sent in a report and I wanted to go over a few things with you, okay? Okay. Now, you're how old again? Four. Four years old. You seem to know a lot of four-letter words for a four-year-old little boy. Okay. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah. Which one? Whoa! I don't want you saying that anymore, okay? Okay. What are some of the other things you say? Let's see, I see uh, you're an effing B. F&B. Yeah. And what else do you say? Do you say, I'm going to kick your... (laughs) Whoa. Don't say that one anymore either, okay? So I'm going to need you to lay off of those three-letter, four-letter, five-letter words. Okay. All right. All right, let's move on. Now, what do you do when you sneak up behind your older brothers, Benton and Carson? Choke them. You choke them? Yeah. Why do you choke them? Because I always want to do that. Because you always want to do that. I want to get up to my And what was that? I want to get up to my Get the what? Get up to my Get up their ass. Yeah. You want to get it there, A. Yeah, I Wow. All right. Well, let's not do that anymore. And I see video. What are you doing to their face? Punching. You punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. Why do you punch your brothers in the face? Sometimes they need a good punch in the face. Sometimes they need a good punch in the face. Oh, I mean, oh, not wrong. Oh. Not wrong. Well, between now and Christmas, let's lay off of... Uh, the choking and the punching, okay? Okay. All right, now, I'm looking at my Santa vision because I don't know if you know this. I have cameras everywhere. And earlier tonight, I was looking in, and I saw you loving on your daddy. Is that right? Uh-huh. And then your mom seemed like she was a little jealous, and she said, you don't love me. 
And what did you do? Flip her off. You flipped her off. Yeah. A four-year-old little boy flipping off his mother. <laughs> Aston, what am I going to do with you? No more flipping off, okay? Mm-hmm. Repeat after me. Okay. I. I. Aston. Aston. We'll cage the bird. Cage the bird. <laughs> All right. Ho, ho, ho. No more flipping the bird. Okay. All right. Now, this is kind of weird. Most four-year-olds, they love, like, animated movies. But uh-huh. your favorite movie is a little different. What's your favorite movie? Your face. What is it? Ghostface. Ghostface? From the movie Scream? Yeah. Wow. In fact, I'm looking at my Santa vision. It looks like you're obsessed with Ghostface. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? Yeah. I see you with your mouth open like Ghostface. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you pretend to have something in your hand. What do you pretend to have? A knife. A knife. And then what do you do with that pretend knife? I tab people, Santa. You do what? I tab people. You tab people? Tab. Oh, stab people. Well, at four years old, well, at any years old, stabbing people is not acceptable, okay? Okay. And uh, you seem to fancy one character in particular that you call your girlfriend. Who is that? Sydney. Sydney from Scream. That Nev Campbell, she's quite the number, isn't she? (laughs) And then there's one other thing you say to people. You pretend you're someone from the movie and you say something. What do you say? I Billy. My favorite movie. You pretend to be Billy the killer. Yeah. And you say, I'm Billy. What's your favorite movie? Yeah. (laughs) Ho, 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 ho. Well, I tell you what, between now and Christmas, I'm going to need you to reel that in, okay? Okay. Let's not play Scream anymore between now and Christmas, okay? Okay. All right, now, I'm looking at your Christmas list. It looks like you want some teenage mutant ninja turtle things. Yeah. You want to play shotgun from Cabela? Uh Uh-huh. It's the one that goes boom. Got it. Okay. All right, well, you know... Santa has his own shotgun here at the North Pole. And I've got all your Christmas presents piled up. And if you don't make the corrections we've been talking about, Santa's going to go boom. How would you like that? Don't do that, Santa. Well, if you can do the things we talked about or not do the things we talked about, then I think you'll be on the nice list this year, okay? Okay. Ho, ho, ho. Well, Easton, you have a Merry Christmas. Make your friend Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Bye, Easton. Bye. Okay, there is a, uh, a a neck tattoo and a pet snake in his future. <laughs> I'm so scared of him. That, uh, I, I that think, escalated quickly. It really did. <laughs> I think this is one that Sanders should have said, I, I can't help you this year. <laughs> <laughs> this is the, the one time t- Sanders should have been no. I never thought I'd hear a child say, <laughs> I stab people, Santa. <laughs> I repeated it four yeah. times. Okay. Um, if you have a kid that's a, a little out of hand, uh, maybe you want to hit Santa up at thebirdshow.com. Um, got a little speechless. That <laughs> kid didn't need Santa to scare him straight. He needed to go to one of those prisons scared straight. I'm scared. <laughs> Jesus. That's a FIT, what I call him. 
An FIT? Yeah, felon in training. <laughs> <laughs> the Bird Show. All right, moving on. Let's get Lily on the phone here. She needs some closure because they were dating for about a year. This dude comes on over to her house for Christmas, spends a lot of time with her family, and then one week later, dude just decides to bail, and she's wondering what happened at that family dinner? What happened at Christmas that made this guy run away? Hey, Lily. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. All right. Tell us about the ex-boyfriend. Tell us everything that led up to him essentially ghosting you. Yeah, I, so my ex name is Jonathan. Um, we did it for like about, I would say like about a year and I thought everything went really well, like for a while at least, but then right after the holidays, about a week later, he broke up with me and just the timing of it all, just, I it was hard for me not to think that, you know, maybe someone said something offensive or I don't know. I can't stop thinking maybe it has to do with like, the expectations of my family like he comes from like a better background than I do so I was just thinking maybe he was kind of disappointed by you know my family or like my background a little bit um so I, I am over him like it's been a while I have a new boyfriend that I'm bringing to Christmas this year but now I'm nervous that someone's going to do something weird and then I'm going to get dumped again immediately after the holidays. So no. Yeah, I'm sure the holidays this time of year brings all that back up for you. But um, so a week after he met the fam, what was the reasoning like? Reasoning? like what did he say in the breakup conversation? It was just like, oh, the timing isn't right for me now. I, I feel like I'm ready for, um, I'm not ready for this big of a commitment. So I don't know. I'm also thinking like maybe it was too fast, but I feel like a year is a good amount of time to bring someone home for the holidays. Lily, I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. I just I feel like there's this open ends. I don't I don't really believe that answer. Yeah, Lily, it's also possible that maybe he had been thinking about wanting to break up with you before your family dinner, but it's that awkward time of the year where you don't really know when the right time to break up with someone. Like, do you do it before you meet the family? Do you meet the, or do you break up? after you meet the family. So like, how was your relationship leading up to him meeting the family? I would say it was pretty good. Like I, I wouldn't have brought him home unless I thought it was good. You know, like I was feeling pretty confident about it, but I don't know. I do feel like my family can come on a little strong sometimes. Um, so that was the first time they ever met him like throughout the whole year. So again, that's just why I'm like, is it some, did something happen there that maybe he just, I don't know. That, I just, I wanted to get some like clarity behind it. That was my question. Does your, does your family have a history of creating awkward moments for you? Or did you speak to anybody that might've said something about an awkward moment that night? They didn't say anything exactly, but honestly, like I've brought in home people before and I had, this has happened one other time. So I don't know. I feel like maybe I'm, I don't know what my family's doing. I'm like, if I go to the bathroom, are they like pulling them aside and saying mm -hmm. something weird? Like, you know, I'm not witnessing anything, but it's just now that it's happened a couple of times, I feel like, okay, is there some sort of something that I'm missing here? All right. So to be clear, our show director, Tommy reached out to the ex and we do have some answers for you here in a couple of minutes. I have not read the response, okay. but let me ask you this. This might have nothing to do with you and your family at all. Um, there, 
is there a possibility that when he walked into that family meeting, the reality of like, okay, this is next level. I'm meeting her family. I am not ready for this. Is there, could it, could it be that? And then he ran away? Yeah, I think maybe. I think that's always scary. But, like, I've met his family before. So I was like. It's different. I feel like if I'm mature enough to do that, like, you should also be at the same stage as me, right? Well, yes and no. Um, just because you are doesn't mean he is. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I have been in this situation before where I thought I was ready for that. And then when you walk in that door and you see everybody and you realize, like, this is a major step here. You sort of have, you've been thinking about it, but then you have that epiphany and. I, I was really, really super scared. Now, I didn't ghost or anything like that. But if this was so extreme and he realized, like, this is my future here, I am not ready to do this, then I could understand it. I don't know if that's the, the reason or not. Well, to be fair to him, he didn't ghost. Like, he officially broke up with her but gave a reason that, you know, the timing was off or whatever. He wasn't ready. Now, I'm assuming right after this meeting, you you checked in with your family and you're like, what do you think? What do you think? Like, what were their reports back of your boyfriend? Did they overwhelmingly seem to like him or was anybody kind of like, meh? They, like, to be totally honest, they're never too excited about anybody. Like, it's really hard to read them. They're very, like, I don't know, closed lip. Like, especially my mom is just like, no one's good enough, that sort of vibe. I don't know. That's she's never done anything in front of me, like I said. But like, I'm like maybe she's like something else is happening that I'm missing, or I don't know. Or maybe I'm reading into all this too much. Um, and I'm I'm bringing home, like I said, my new boyfriend, and so I'm just really trying to like mm-hmm. make sure this doesn't come up again. Or if it is like a, a commitment issue, like maybe I'm rushing into things too quickly with these people. Mm-hmm. I would just I would love some more. I don't know, just clarity around it. Yeah, I can understand your anxiety. All right, give us a couple of minutes here because our show director, Tommy, reached out to your ex and he did get a response back. So let's see if we can get you some clarity here, okay? Okay, wow, thank you. All right, Bert Show, close your call next. The Bert Show. Everything was going so well with her boyfriend. In fact, it was going so well that she decided to introduce him to her family last Christmas. And then right after they all hung out at Christmas time, Dude bails on her, breaks up with her. And here she is, left wondering, like, what happened? Because he never really gave her a reason, and she's anxious about doing it again. Yeah, because she's bringing a guy home for Christmas again, and she's like, is there something I need to know about my family if they said or did something? So I can protect this dude. So we do these closure calls where we will reach out to the person that's kind of left you hanging and we try to get you answers. And Lily is ready to hear from the ex because our uh, show director, Tommy, reached out to this ex. And are you ready for some answers, Lily? Yes, definitely. Okay. She's like, it's why I'm here. Uh (laughs) I've been waiting. All right. I reached out to Lily's ex, Jonathan, via text and I explained who we are, what we're doing. And I asked if he'd be willing to give Lily some clarity on what happened to cause the breakup. I explained Lily's totally moved on, but would really like to know if something specific happened around Christmas last year, and specifically if it had anything to do with her family or if it was just totally unrelated. First thing he said, if she's moved on, why try to create drama in her life by asking questions now? Valid point. That is. And I said, because she wants to make sure that mistakes are not repeated. He said, well, she didn't make any mistakes, so she has nothing to worry about. I said, then why'd you break up? And she, he said, because I'm not the right guy for her. And I said, did she tell you that? 
or you decided that for her? He said, I don't know. Why is she wanting to know this now? And I said, she really wants to know if it has something to do with her family. You broke up with her right after meeting them. And Jonathan said, that doesn't answer my questions. Why is she bringing this up a year later? And I said, because if your relationship ended because of what you thought of her family, she's nervous about bringing someone new to meet them. And he said, so is she bringing someone new to meet them now? (laughs) All of a sudden, she became much more valuable. And I said, she's thinking about it, yes. And he asked, what is he like? (laughs) Now he got questions. Right. (laughs) And I said, I don't know. She didn't really say. And he said, well, maybe it will be fine. And I said, maybe. So did your breakup have to do with her family? And Jonathan said, it had to do with her family and with me. And I said, can you explain? And Jonathan said, I didn't feel very welcomed into the family. I don't think they wanted me there. Maybe it will be different for this new guy. And I said, what makes you think you were not welcome there? And Jonathan said, it was pretty much said to me. (laughs) And I said, it was? By who? What did they say? And Jonathan said, her dad. He told me that I'm a nice guy, but that I'm not someone he wants to see his daughter end up with. Wow. And there it is. Okay. And then I said, he said that? Why would he say that? And Jonathan said, I don't believe the same things they do. And I said, what kind of things? And he said, religious things. Uh Uh-oh. I don't really know what I believe. I'm skeptical of all religions. That isn't something her hardcore conservative Christian dad was going to ever be okay with. And I said, but that is what her dad said. If Lily was okay with whatever you did or did not believe, why why did it matter? And Jonathan said, because I respect her dad. He's a good guy. I was also raised to have respect for how one's mother and father feels. I also knew it wasn't going to it was going to be an issue that would never get easier. And religious disagreement isn't exactly a surface level problem. It is a significant problem. I didn't want a problem like that forever. And I said, Got it, I understand. Jonathan said, So, if this new guy's beliefs are more in line with her family's She has nothing to worry about. And I said, okay, thank you so much for your honesty. Sorry it didn't work out between the two of you. And he said, me too. Well, first of all, if this happened, or let's just assume it did, why wouldn't he tell Lily that anyway? Like, hey, you know what? I got a real big concern here. This is what your dad pulled me aside and said, rather than just leave her hanging like that. Hey, Lily, so what are you you feeling after hearing all that? Yeah, I'm... Exactly what you said. I'm a little frustrated that he didn't outright tell me. Also, I'm really surprised by my dad because I really thought it was my mom kind of potentially giving bad vibes. But, yeah, I can't believe my dad would say that he's not a right fit without respecting my opinions on who I'm bringing home. Uh, I'm just, like, torn up about this. I also, it's making me realize, too, like, my family is very religious, but I've kind of like moved away from our faith uh, more in the past couple of years, but we haven't had that conversation yet. Mm-hmm. So mm. if anything, this is all making me even more nervous to bring home this new boyfriend for the holidays. But is he not like Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not as 
He's definitely not as skeptical as Jonathan, but he's still not as religious as my dad. So now I'm, I think I just have a bigger conversation. <laughs> with everybody. Is this something that normally comes up in the very first time that you're hanging out with a family? Not in my experience. <clears throat> well, maybe just because it was Christmas, which is, you know, technically a religious holiday. So maybe something came up mm-hmm. and it just, it, it, it forced its hand. You, you must have had some kind of knowledge that he felt like this, so you must have had some kind of anxiety when he was meeting your family, right? Or did it come out of left field for you? I had some knowledge, but I think I do forget how religious my family is, especially like what you're saying around the holidays. Like, just certain things we do that for somebody that is very skeptical of religion might be shocked by, um, but to me is completely normal. Um, yeah, still, I just, again, I'm surprised my dad actually said those words to him. Um, well, at least yeah, you know now. Yeah, it wasn't you. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't you. This is Jesus's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is getting in the way of your life. <laughs> uh, so at least you have something to talk to your dad about now, and now you have some closure. Okay. Definitely, I appreciate it. All Thank right, you guys. you're welcome. The Bird Show. I have made a decision about my health that I am fairly certain Kristen is saying, "Hey, great decision, bad timing." Are you ready? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know why you've taken on the mother role for me. (laughs) I just want to please mom. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I am proud of you for going to therapy yesterday. I was ready to take December off because I'm feeling pretty damn good about things. So I thought, okay, you know what? Let me put a pause on things in December. We'll start her back up in January. Kristen's like, oh, that's not going to work for her. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, I was more thinking of Tommy. That's not going to work for Tommy. You've been a little salty. Let's get you some therapy. A little bit. A little bit irritable from time to time for sure. Um, So I took her advice, and I went to therapy yesterday and had a really, really great session. Yay. There are just some sessions when you go to therapy that are better than others. Mm -hmm. And my intent there, because I'm feeling pretty good about things, but there's one little area here that from time to time is coming up, and it's like self-anger. And um, by the time I was done with my therapy meeting yesterday, my therapist really helped me out a lot and really made me see things from an empathetic point of view. Uh, Empathi- empathetic of yourself? Of both me and my ex and Got our it. family histories and why things unfolded the way they did. Gotcha. And there, that hurt was never the intent mm-hmm. based on the way that we grew up. It was a product of how we grew up and without getting into 45 minutes of therapy, it was empathy towards me, empathy towards her, and there was no intent to hurt, even though that was the end result. Gotcha. Which I really hadn't wrapped my head around, but either way. So, um, when I am talking about my breakup, I really feel a little bit challenged by it because I don't want to disrespect the woman that I was engaged to. Let me make that clear. So when I say that since our breakup, there was an initial, I was really, really very, I was bummed, super bummed, as you should be. I mean, we were engaged and we were with each other for seven and a half years. I just think that my speed and the way that I'm wired is I just don't stay in that, that's what I want to call it. You stick and move, man. I do kind of stick and move, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel it. Uh, And then I move on, whereas I don't know if that's healthy or if it's not healthy. And I think, 
looking at it from somebody else's perspective, look, when you've been with somebody for seven and a half years, you should probably mourn that for a long time. I'm just not that guy. So I, I almost hate to say this because I don't want to disrespect the relationship, but I'm feeling really, really good. I feel really good. Um, as I've told you guys before, I moved into a new house. I feel like myself again, to be honest with you. I sacrificed myself, not because it was demanded on me over the last seven years, but I sacrificed myself and I gave a lot in areas that were really important to me, not because they were pressed on me. This is what I did to myself. These were your choices that you made. These were my choices that I did to myself, right? And over the course of the last couple of months since the breakup, I feel like myself again. I isolated myself from friends. I've made decisions over the last couple of years. I moved my family away from their friends and family. These are all decisions I made, right? Now I'm looking at a kid that's so super happy to be close to his friends and his school again. This is his favorite house we've ever lived in. It has nothing to do with size. It's the smallest house we've ever lived in, but he's a mile away from his mom. He's having the freaking time of his life. And I just feel sort of reborn. So outside of these small specks of anger that I feel towards myself the last couple of weeks, I really am feeling very, very good. And I don't want that to disrespect the relationship. Does that make some sense? I think you said it beautifully. Perfect. That said, when I first started this show 20-something years ago, dude, I was so scared of failing. This was the only radio station that would give me a shot at hosting a show, putting my name on a show. Um, I applied to a couple of places that are now our affiliates uh, and they said, nope, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're on those stations, but nobody would take a risk on me. I was a producer, sidekick, we used to call it back in the day, co-host maybe, but I was never a host. Nobody had ever given me that shot. This is the only stupid station that said, we'll take a flyer on you. (laughs) So I did it. The fear of failure for me was so high. I wasn't enjoying any of it at all. Like Mo was saying, I was staying up at night. I was freaked out at night because I felt like this was going to be my only shot. I finally got a shot on a radio station. If it doesn't go well, I'm going to slide back into that sidekick role. And I I wanted to host a show. And I have a a fear of failure, probably more a fear of failure than it drives me more than the happiness of success. That's something I got to work on in therapy at some point also. Anyway, it was so bad 20-something years ago that when I went to go see a therapist, she's like, you're a freaking mess. <laughs> and it's going to take time for us to work through all these things. So I'm going to put you on Effexor, which is an anti-anxiety medication. And with Effexor, you start out at 37.5 milligrams. That's your introduction into this anti-anxiety medication. And then you slowly start to work your way up to an area where you're feeling pretty good about things. You're not numb, but everything is dealable. So I started at 37 and a half, never went up. I'm on the very base amount of Effexor. Never felt like I needed to go up at all. It's minuscule. When I tell doctors that I'm on it, they're like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I've never gone up. So I've been on it for 23 years now. And I walked out of that therapy session yesterday and I said to myself, I want to see what the world looks like without it at all. Okay. So I'm getting off it. Okay. Wow. I don't know how to exactly wean myself off of it. Um, 
I'm going to talk to a doctor about that today. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not something you Google or go to YouTube. Yeah, because here's the thing. If you guys have been on these things before, if you miss one day of it, you feel it in your head. Uh-huh. You're slow. You're sick. You can get headaches. You can get nauseous. So I know like at 6 o'clock the next day, if I'm starting to feel that, I'm like... Dang it, I forgot this. Even this little itty-bitty amount of drugs in my system has a tremendous effect. So I don't know how to wean off of it yet, but I don't think I need it. And I think it's just become part of my routine. Mm -hmm. And it does just enough to take the edge off of stress like it did 23 years ago. And I think I just got sort of addicted to the feeling of just having that edge off. And I have forgotten what it's like to deal with stress without this in my system. And I want to see what it's like two decades later. Okay. Tommy's going to want to take a two-week vacation while you're getting this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start doing it while I'm on vacation. Smart. All right. That's so smart. you guys won't have to deal with it. But I I don't know that there's going to be much of um, a transition. You know, when I got on it, the doctor sort of said to me that when you get on a drug like this, Sometimes you can get into a routine where this just becomes your new normal. Uh-huh. Like you know how to deal with things. So when you get off of the drugs, this is just this is just life now. And it, the drugs are really having nothing to do with it. I'm just curious. So I'm getting off of it. I feel great. So I might as well mess with it now. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to try to wean myself off of it. I, th- I feel like you've, you've been taking this, like you said, for 20 plus years. Um, you regularly do therapy. Like you do all the other necessary work that I fully endorse this. Well, there, then I'm okay with it. Not that you need my friggin' seal of approval, but yeah, as long as you talk to your physician who prescribes the medication and say, hey, this is what I want to do, I think they would endorse it too. I mean, after 20 plus years of taking something, I think it's totally okay to be like, let's see what life is like without this for a little bit. Well, as a, ref- uh, as a friend that really cares about me and loves me, or yes. at least you're faking it really well. No, I, I actually, believe it or not, I actually do. <laughs> I believe that. Um, you I said do- it like you can't believe it. I know. <laughs> Considering what this man puts me through on a daily basis, even I'm shocked. I give an S as much as I do about him. Well, I'm going to have plenty of extra of these drugs. I just start giving them to you. <laughs> um, no, I do respect and I do really listen to you. There are a few people in my life that when they say something, I really, really listen to them. So your opinion means something to me. I appreciate that. Um, so had you come in here today and said, hey, maybe you ought to want to just no. talk about your therapist about it one more time. I might have done that, even though I broke up with my therapist yesterday and said, I'm not going to hit you back till February. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> hey, as long as you two talked about it and you had a good session and you know where, like, you know what you, you know what you want and you have like a route, a plan to, to get to it, then I'm totally on board with that. I told her that news as I was sort of scurrying out of the office, so she didn't really have a lot to say in the matter. But I'm, I'm not breaking up with her. I yeah. just want to see what life looks like in January. Okay. And she said that, look, if you're feeling like, you don't feel like because you have this goal that you're not going to see me in January, uh-huh. that if things get crappy, it's not a failure if you call me. Mm. Uh, you're right. Yeah. All right. So January off, no drugs. We'll see how it goes. And you're doing this starting on vacation. <laughs> I'm probably going to start doing it today. So where, you, only, you only have to deal with me for two uh, two days. Where are you going on vacation? Cape Town, South Africa. You may want to check the local laws just to see if murder <laughs> is, you know, like it is here. I thought you were going to tell me that it's not far enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> are you looking for excitement In Atlanta. Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years. 
It's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. Listen, it's the Bird Show. Sometimes we want to do... This very slowly, when you know you have to deliver bad information, sometimes you like to give hints or dole out the info slowly. There are other times where you just got to rip the Band-Aid off. Or do what you do. Tell them something horrific and be like, nah, just kidding. It's only this. Right. That's a great strategy right there is that you create a scenario that is so much worse than what you're really going to tell them, that they've braced themselves for that drastic situation. And then when you come in, with something that they were going to be upset about anyway, it doesn't seem nearly as bad. Right? <laughs> Hashtag perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so Cameron here needs to tell the family that there's an engagement going down to a guy that she knows their family hates. Hey, Cameron. Hey. See, Kristen brings up a great point here already. All right. Just knowing what we know, that your family hates this guy, right? We know that as fact. Yes, okay. absolutely. So what you do is you walk into that room and you go, oh, my God, you guys, I got great news. I'm pregnant and my boyfriend <laughs> is the father. They hate this guy. They're going to be like, what have you done with your life? And that's when you come in with like, nah, we just got engaged. And normally they'd be pissed, but because you're not pregnant, they're going to be like, oh, that's not a big deal. Okay, yeah, no, I can't yeah, endorse that one. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to go, come up with something I'm better. just giving you a solid example. <laughs> All right, so who is this dude and why does your family hate him so much? All right, yeah, so I recently got engaged to my boyfriend. Um, we'll call him Ryan for the show. Um, and he's a really, really great guy. And when we told his family, uh, we were showered with love and compliments and congratulations. But um, we've been holding off on telling my family because, as you said, my family hates him. So Ryan and I met when we worked at an old job together where my brother Patrick also worked. Um, they worked in the same department, but were on, but led different teams. And then when the company went through some hard times, uh, my brother, unfortunately ended up getting laid off, um, while my now fiance got to move on in the corporate ladder and got like a prominent leadership role. Um, so when I first told my brother that we were dating, he got really upset and said that Ryan was the reason why he got laid off. And my brother had never mentioned this before at all and never said anything. And when I asked Ryan about it, he said that that never happened. And in fact, like he tried to help my brother um, after he got laid off. But I mean, like ultimately my brother got a, a different job at a different company and like has a similar role as my fiance now. Um, and like growing up, my brother has always said that everything that I do is to spite him and to piss him off. Um, 
and just like doesn't like anything that I do. Um, so he hates my fiance and thinks that I'm only with him out of spite. Oh, are you kidding and, me? <laughs> yes. Um, wow, must be. He must think very highly of himself that he thinks you would go out of your way to date a man, not because you love him, but because you're just wanting to get back at him. Mm -hmm. That is some uh, king narcissist behavior right there. Yeah, and I would also say that he's somewhat of a narcissist, but it's not really his fault because of the culture that we grew up in. They put like a lot of value on like the firstborn son. And so he's kind of always had that sense of entitlement growing up. Mm, Okay. And... And, like, with that said, uh, since he is the oldest son, he's, like, the patriarch of the family. And so my parents always agree with his opinions, including when uh, he said that Ryan was the reason why he got laid off. And so my mom has made it very clear that uh, Ryan is never welcomed in her house, and um, she'll never accept him as my significant other. Wow. Well, damn. (laughs) You really got a problem. Thanks for calling. No. (laughs) (laughs) So you're you're engaged and you're happy and your family, you know, they're going to find out this news best it comes from you. So you're just wondering how to break the news to your fam that you and Ryan are engaged. Well, there's one other little caveat, too. Uh Uh-huh. So my brother Patrick got engaged about two months ago and right now I'm the only one in the family who knows. So I'm afraid that when I tell my family, Patrick is going to say that I'm stealing his sparkle again. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's even take- though we started talking about it like a year ago. All right, Cameron, first of all, I want to confirm to you what you already know, that your life is a cluster right now. <laughs> um, no, she's newly engaged. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a blissful time. There's some tension going on here. So let's take these one at a time, okay? If you tell your brother that you are engaged and you give him that heads up, would it be his responsibility to go to the family first and say, hey, I just want to let you know I'm engaged and then you can come in in a couple of weeks and do your thing? I mean, it's possible. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, do I tell him first before Christmas, surprise everyone at the same time, or, like, wait until afterward and avoid all the drama so that he can just have his moment, and then I'll just tell everybody later. Right. Layers, layers, layers. You seem like such a sweet, kind, caring daughter and sister, but did it ever cross your mind that maybe you don't have to tell them? You can just post about it online and tell your friends because they already said they're never going to accept your fiance. Your brother is going to think that he you are stealing his sparkle no matter what. Even if you go to him first, he's still going to be like, oh, of course you would do this. It's my special time. So maybe they need to learn a lesson and that's Ooh. if they're going to know because the family's drawn lines. They, she's been told that they will never. Her mom said, I will never accept this man as your partner. So, okay, if you don't want to accept that man, that is on you. I'm going to go live about my life. If you would like to be a part of my life, you can, but you have taken yourself out of it. If you want to guarantee that they will never accept him, then do what Cassie is telling you to do. (laughs) Um, This is a theory right now for them. They don't like him, but if you tell everybody online before you tell your parents, Mm -hmm. they that will absolutely be the nail in the relationship. Her mom coffin. said it to her already. She, that's what she's feeling right now. But you talk about adding uh, fuel to a fire. If you let the world know and you don't even tell your mom, you don't have the guts to tell your mom and dad. Yeah. Man, it's they will never thing. accept is it, him. But is it guts? Because I'm going to lay it out here. I mean, you sound like 
Cameron, somebody who truly has grown up in a family dynamic where family is so important, and it is, that at some point you can step back as an adult and say, family is so important, but my family is toxic. Mm -hmm. No matter what I do, I will never be a good enough. No matter what I do, I will always be told I'm stealing my brother's sparkle. No matter what my significant other does, he's always going to be the villain. Mm -hmm. Is this a family dynamic that I want to continue to be strapped down by? And maybe this is a crossroads for Cameron, and it's time for her to not cut off her family, but to take a step back and become her own person outside of them. Uh, I feel like Cassie and I are taking over this conversation because I'm going to debate her on this. <laughs> um, the way that they react to your info is not your problem. So I hear what Cassie is saying, that at some point they need to know what is going on. For me, the brave adult thing to do is you tell them what your truth is face to face. The way they react is not your responsibility. But I do think that if you do this online and you tell the rest of the family, that is the nail in the coffin. They will never accept this marriage. They will never accept him. I think the only way that the parents will come around and accept this is potentially through your brother. Now, I have... And, and, and I'm not telling you this to rub it in. I have a really good relationship with my brother. And so when I'm I'm seeing this through a different lens and, and not yours, and I apologize, and I'm sorry that you have to deal with these different family dynamics. Um, but if I were you, um, you and your fiance, Ryan, I would take my brother out to lunch and I would tell him first and also try to like, like clean the air of like, I did not get you fired. And see if, you know, dudes tend to get over stuff pretty easily for the most part. So I would have that conversation with my brother and then be like, we, we wanted to tell you first. And then because your brother's already engaged, we wanted to get your input on how we should proceed with telling the family our news. I disagree with telling the brother first because it's very apparent from the little that we know about Patrick is that it seems like he really likes to be the victim. I mean, this is a lot of beef over a job that he lost and he got a new one. So I don't understand why this beef is continuing continuing to linger. So really, from what I can tell about your family is no matter what you do, they're going to be upset about the situation. So whether or not you go to him first or you go to your parents first, they're going to find some way to villainize you. And I think if you go to Patrick first, he's probably going to take that as an opportunity to go behind your back and tell your parents before you can and turn it into a situation where they gang up on you and continue to make you feel bad about this relationship that's making you really happy. Mo, take over Cameron's life. If, <laughs> if, if it's me, I, I wouldn't bring this information to my family at a time where it could cause even more drama in you trying to compete with your brother who also has the engagement going. So because of that, I wouldn't feel the desire to spring this on them and surprise them. I would go to my brother first. Um, I don't know if I would go to my brother with the fiance. I would probably go one-on-one -on -one first and then try to get him to sit down with all of us. And then from there, I would probably integrate it and tell him my family. But I wouldn't do it in a way where it was like a surprise because they're not going to be happy about it. So I would just tell them what's going on and then I would tell the family after. I think you have four or five different angles here to take, Cameron. Wow, so. I think this is the first where we every single one of us took like a different Yeah, step. right? Yeah. I just want to close it with Cameron. While your family may not be happy about it, we are all excited for you. We are ecstatic and congratulations. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> I'm with Mo. I don't like this guy. Yeah, she needs like support from her radio <laughs> family. Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, Cameron, um, when you choose to decide what you do, will you please let us know. I'm going to be very invested in this. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for your advice. Um, I'm a P1 and have loved you guys since day one. Thank you. Good luck, and I'm sorry you're in this position with your parents. It's not your fault. All right, thank you. The Bird Show. I love when you guys DM me uh, randomly about things, but um, also uh, DM me about things that I don't have any idea about and didn't even know existed. So I was telling these guys earlier that, as Kristen said, I'm raw dogging January. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to go with no booze, no drugs. And what was the other thing? Oh, and, no therapy. And the drug she's talking about is effects. Oh, yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back on my meth use. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm weaning off this effects, and I'm on the very smallest amount and have been for 23 years because when I took this job, I was so sketched out it was going to fail. So um, I get this DM from, hey, Jessica, thank you. Hey, clinical director of a psychiatric practice, tapering off effects can, can be brutal just because of the side effects. Side note. That a lot of docs don't know, you can have them call smaller doses into a compounding pharmacy to assist with the tapering. One of the psychiatrists in our office tapers down for a few months. You'll do great. I didn't know you could do that. Hmm. Yeah, you do, that. do that. Now, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Tommy is very, very concerned about me being um, irritable, even more so than I usually am. Um, so I didn't know... Because I'm on the smallest amount, I didn't know that they could send in something even smaller than what is normally prescribed. Yeah. But if you're on a medication, that might be something, and you're thinking about getting off it, that might be something you want to take a look into also. I had no idea it even existed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the entertainment buzz. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Just a quick trigger warning for suicide and domestic violence. This is a pretty serious story. We're talking about Jonathan Major's 911 call. It's finally out from the night that he allegedly assaulted his ex. So uh, last spring, he called and found, said that he found his ex-girlfriend, Grace Jabbery, unconscious of the floor of their walk-in closet in their apartment. And so now they're in the middle of a domestic violence trial. So they played his 911 call in court and it showed that he made the call saying he was afraid that Jabbery had overdosed and committed suicide. So on the call, you can hear him saying she's unconscious and he didn't know what she had taken. So the 911 operator is like, keep an eye on her breathing. But he's like, I can't because she's in a place that I can't get to. I need the help of a handyman. So the officers involved in this case also testified and they said they didn't find any evidence like drugs or pill bottles that would make it seem like she had overdosed and tried to commit suicide. So then she was taken to a hospital. She was treated for a fractured middle finger and a cut that was behind her ear. She also went through a psychiatric evaluation, was released, and also that's when Jonathan was arrested. So his ex's side of the story, Grace Jabbery, she is saying that he assaulted her in the back seat of their car. And um, she's testifying that she saw a text message on his phone from another woman that said, wish I was kissing you right now. So then when she said she tried to take the phone to see who this was, he forcefully got it out of her hands. It caused bruising, swelling, excruciating pain. And so that the reason she ended up in the closet unconscious the next day was because she had taken two sleeping pills and that's where she woke up. So officers said that she was confused when they found her. Uh, They finally got her to sit up straight and she was like, how did I get here? Is he out there? So it's a really scary story, but now we have more details. Mm -hmm. Okay, at this point, I feel like Kanye 
West is just living in that canceled box because 90% of what he does is just so offensive. It's not shocking anymore. Like, this is just who he is. So he had a listening party for his upcoming album, Vultures, that he's cl- collaborating on with Ty Dolla Sign. And during this listening party, he wore a black KKK-style hood. And the wildest part of this, I mean, what this is wild to begin with, yeah. but all of his kids were there, all of them, including North, who is actually featured on this album, and she rapped on stage with them. Crazy. So, uh, you know, in the wrestling game, you can choose to be a villain, right? You can, I forget what they call it. It's like switching or something. And it feels to me like this, he gets intoxicated by being the villain now and just does some things that are so shocking that he almost wants that hate. Like he has to one-up himself constantly. Right. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it obviously comes from a base of just wanting attention by any means necessary, and I think that has become his shtick, but uh, you, you're right. It does seem like he's made himself a villain, and I, I'm i out of words for Kanye. I, right. I don't even know what to say about it It's anymore. like he wants to get canceled so badly, <clears throat> and he does anything that he can to try it. It's almost like he's daring people. Like, he wants it. It's almost like these breakups that I used to have, right, where I was too much of a coward to actually tell the person that I wanted out, so I would do so many crappy things where they were finally like, get out of here. It feels <laughs> to me like he wants out of the industry, but it's too cowardly to do it himself. But let's be honest. How well do we think his album's going to do when it comes out? It's hard to say. I don't know, because I honestly didn't think the last one was going to do as well as it did. Sometimes that controversial Kanye sells more than that's the other. That's scary. And that's the scary part of it, of, of it all. I, I really don't know. It's hard to say. And he needs the money now, too, right? I think so, because like most it. of his money, that he was tied into things that no longer support him. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's time for him to get serious. And I don't think this is the time to want to get kicked out of the industry because he needs it. Yeah. And, I mean, it looks like he's going to have some pretty incredible collabs on this album. Ty Dolla Sign, Offset, Lil Durk, Chris Brown, Kodak Black, and Freddie Gibbs are all supposed to be on this album. So it's such a bummer that, like, such a you can be so crazy that it blocks the really great art that you make. Um, if Kanye came to you and wanted to do a collab, even knowing his antics and what he's done, would you do it? No. Really? I, nah. It, it, it would be a very hard for me to say no, to be honest, because of what he's accomplished and what he's capable of. But there are certain things that he did that I, I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror if I did it. Mm. I am very inspired by your integrity. Yes. <laughs> would you do it? <laughs> <laughs> I would break off into a discussion group. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get a focus group on that. All right, for more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast and your favorite listening platform. The Burt Show. Bow and Katie time. Bow and Katie time. It's Bow and Katie time. It's Bow and Katie time. 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 <laughs> it's a grower. <laughs> it's a grower. It definitely ain't no shower. <laughs> All right, so on the In the Moment podcast, which is Mo and Katie's podcast, which is under the Pioneer umbrella, which legally, I have to tell you guys, is part of my network, or I go to jail, where people would do unspeakable <laughs> things to small people. Uh, so what's going on? Uh, you guys are debating um, if the customer really is always right. That's exactly that. <laughs> And I, I know I'm going against the grain here because we live in a world where it's such a popular phrase that the customer is always right. And if you've ever worked in any type of service industry, yeah. I'm sure you've heard that multiple times. But as someone who has worked in the service industry for years, I don't agree with it at all. I don't think the customer is always right at all. And this video went viral, um, and I think it's a perfect example of is the customer indeed always right? Like. 
can it actually be possible that an employee curses a customer out and actually has people on their side saying this one is actually on the customer and not the employee? So when I worked at Taco Bell, I will say this, that um, the customer was always right. However, then I would go into the back and I would do the old pluck and drop into oh their food. God. Okay. So at least to their face, they were, <laughs> they were right. Do you know the phrase is actually the customer is always right in matters of taste? No. Huh? So it's not the customer is always right point blank. It's in taste. So like if you're going to like a furniture store and you pick out a really ugly table, as a salesperson, you're not going to say that's an ugly table. The customer is always right in matters of taste. Hmm. So you can't just walk into a restaurant and demand whatever you want because the customer's always right. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Yeah, the man that made me cry on Christmas Eve at TGI Fridays, he was not correct nor right. <laughs> well, when Bert right. did the plug and drop, that was a matter of taste. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be clear, I was 17 at the time. And I would only that do- doesn't make it any better. Yeah, it does. It doesn't excuse the behavior. You don't have any integrity until you're at least 24. Oh, get out of here. It was, it was fresh picked from the Garden. <laughs> <laughs> All the freshest ingredients at Taco Bell. Now it might be a little stale. Anywho. Is there a statute of limitations on that? You better hope there is. Yeah, facts. In, in a different state, too. They'll never catch me. <laughs> <laughs> so in this video, I'll uh, paint the scene for you. I was shocked to see that it really was kind of split on people's opinions of whether or not this employee should be fired, even though the employee was saying some not-so-nice things to the customer. And this customer pulled up at the drive through window and she ordered what she wanted from the first window now this is her arriving at the second window of a busy line and trying to change her order this is the number two right yes um i meant to say number three i don't want this and um yeah can you change that to a number three matter of fact um a number seven number seven oh number three you pick one what you mean i pick one you just ordered the Excuse me? You heard what I said, bro. You got to close, bro. I got time for your s***, bro. What kind of customer service is this? <laughs> you want yes or no? Is this what you want? This is what you paid for? This is what you about to get? I want a number. No, I, I want. Hear what you want. I want a number. This is what you paid for, so this is what you're gonna get. Here, I got. I got your fanta right there. Here. And I don't want fanta. I want. I want fruit punch, please. You want fruit punch? Oh, you finna get what the f- I made mean and what the f- you paid for? Oh my God, what kind of customer service is this? What kind of customer are you? (laughs) Dude, please isolate that last line. What kind of customer are you? (laughs) That 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 is bananas pulling up to the window and like completely changing your order. So I think that's why a lot of people felt his frustration because, I mean, there was a line. You got people waiting. Well, he didn't have to curse at her. He did it. That that part, he was wrong. But she legit (laughs) did have a lot of people waiting. She's holding everything up. And it wasn't as if they heard her wrong or they got her meal wrong. She just decided she didn't want what she ordered. And she wants something different. And he just, he had time that day. Okay, but, so, she's she's filming this. <laughs> she is. Okay, so, and she filmed it before she even got up to the window. I feel like she does this on mm. purpose to test people to see what their reactions uh, are going to be. Uh, I don't think anybody, like, in their right mind would do this. Yeah. I think this is her way of trolling to see if she can get a video to go viral by pushing somebody's buttons to complete. Like, the fact that she went from Fanta to, like, <laughs> like Fruit Punch, come on now. You're what? purposely trying to be a problem. I think she, I mm-hmm. think she did that. It's on, possible, yeah. I think she did it on purpose. All right, so for debate purposes, yeah. though, let's just say that it was authentic, that okay. this she's loony. Uh, Katie, what was your take on it? My customer's right. 
And this is why. Okay, first of all, he was out of line with profanity. But how many times have you gone up to a drive-thru and you you don't know what you really want? It's like, do I want a number three or do I want a number seven? And then you just don't want to sit there and wait. So then you make up your mind and you're like, I want a number three. But then you kind of change and want a number seven. Sometimes I wanted like a double cheeseburger, but then I wanted nuggets. No, nah, man. If I'm going you somewhere, want. if I'm pulling up through a drive-thru, I go to that place specifically for one item I get every single time I go. I go for the options. And sometimes mm. I may want to change my mind. And I feel like in this scenario, she was calm. She wasn't rude about it. And she did say, please. Just because you can't make up your mind, that is not the cashier's fault. Now, what she should have done is the smart thing. She should have just gaslit the cashier. She should have gotten to the front and been like, you just gave me a number seven. I ordered a number three. Now it's his problem. Should have done that. Uh, should have done that. Or pulled up to the side, said, yeah. I'm sorry, I messed up. I, I want this, but I'll pull over to the side and let the other people come. Mm. That man did what every single person who has ever worked in the service industry has wanted to do at least one time in life. You can't cuss out the customer. Just one time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you want to listen to In The Moment, you can find it everywhere on all podcast platforms. It's called In The Moment. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show Fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.